Volume two, chapter six of Mrs. Armitage or Female Domination by Mrs. Gore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter six comes up a fop i knew him but by fame and seized my hand and called me by my name my dear how dost horace satire nine people who take account of fates according to their value in the midst of a london season when the chandeliers are nightly blazing in hundreds of stately mansions when the bow of viper is worn to its last hair and a perpetual savour of ham and chicken is perceptible in the gunterian precincts of berkeley square cannot properly appreciate the importance of a ball in a remote provincial neighbourhood such as that of thoroton a ball an election ball an election ball too involving all the wealth and family importance of the armitages of holywell was a thing to rival even the charms of the ensuing st ledger in the estimation of the younger members of the community now it is a thing of custom in most towns and especially so at thoroton for the crowning honours of the ball to take place immediately after the election at the inn wearing its colours and drinking its toasts after the politics of the successful candidate and the blue boar accordingly pretended to the favours of arthur armytage a question materially regarding the interests of the borough having however summoned him to town immediately on his election before the great event could be achieved the promised ball was remitted till the close of the session and now when it could no longer with propriety be deferred mrs armytage from some motive which it would have been difficult to guess announced her gracious intention that it should take place at holywell gracious intentions whether royal imperial or simply simple are often very inconvenient and ill-timed concessions arthur was satisfied that though his mother might for that night only purpose to put up with the manufacturers wives and even the leading tradesmen of the place who in their turn might feel far more gratified by an invitation to holywell park than to the blue boar had not the slightest notion of extending her hospitality to the endless tribe of strange objectionables with whom an election like misery makes a man acquainted magnanimity might even induce her to tolerate the presence of his trusty though not well beloved gumption but the force of patience would no further go what was to be done he saw himself on the eve of giving inexpiable offence to his constituents and yet even had he found courage to say resolutely that custom must be his law and the ballroom at the blue boar his headquarters how could he just then command the couple of hundred pounds the cost of such an entertainment which by this act of opposition must necessarily fall upon himself once more alas he allowed himself to become the sport of time and tide once more he repeated to himself i know i am doing wrong but she must have her own way the spacious ballroom at holywell situated in what was termed after its celebrated county architect the car wing of the house was accordingly opened for the purposes of beautification the sound of music had not enlivened its coved orchestra 
since the ball given in honour of the birth of master arthur but now turks heads were brandished cobwebs dispossessed the old-fashioned lustres and girandoles released from their canvas bags the polished floors new rubbed the crimson sofas uncovered succession houses were doubly heated to bring forward a show of fruit worthy the horticultural fame of holywell everything was to be on a noble scale and the talisman of an overflowing purse can work wonders even in an unmiraculous age make palm-trees yield fruit at st petersburg and create a brilliant ball in the most rustic of rural regions every one with the exception of the hero of the event seemed pleased every invitation was accepted the rotherhams undertook to fill their house for the occasion the two marinhams albeit unused to the festive mood would neither refuse their young ward the pleasure of the ball nor their old friend mrs armytage the honour of their company marian liked the bustle of the affair and was gratified to see her husband once more the object of his mother's kindness and sophia whatever secret vexations might be preying on her spirits was always happy in that which seemed to impart satisfaction to others she agreed with arthur that the blue boar might have been the fitter place but holywell was incomparably more agreeable it was just five days before the appointed fifth of august and a covey of white nightcaps was already busily at work in the pastry when mrs armytage who was never in such good humour as when her attention was claimed in a thousand directions to command and countermand had been giving her opinion on the fixing of some new lamps such as the exigencies of these light-loving times seemed to require in addition to the ancient splendours of the ballroom when on her way to the morning-room through the conservatory which formed the main channel of communication from one wing of the house to the other she was struck by peals of most indecorous laughter laughter so unrestrained that her formal nature would have decided it to be that of the housemaids had the housemaids at such an hour been admissible in such a spot no mrs arthur armytage was the offender so extravagantly mirthful and between the intervals of her gaiety mrs armytage discerned the accents of a strange voice who could be this very amusing visitor it is true marian had been sometimes heard to laugh quite as giddily at the antics of morton but not lately lately she had become sobered saddened some very unusual excitement must have roused her to so animated a mood a secret apprehension glanced into mrs armytage's mind that jack baltimore had once more made his appearance to claim his share in the festivities of holywell and her countenance assumed its fiercest frown of outraged autocracy as she made her way into the room but frowns would have been lost on the individual who occupied a place next to marian on the sofa and who though lounging in a most familiar attitude on the entrance of the lady of holywell started up with an affable bow and a smile handed her a chair begged her not to sit so near the door and almost did the honours of her own house to the astonished mrs armytage of him indeed there needed no announcement the shrug the grimace the self-confidence the black moustache 
the flashy waistcoat were true to the fame of the parisianized lord wyndham spalding in whom the most ineffable coxcombry was mingled with something of the tawdry air of a valet de chambre or a provincial actor miss armytage after the compliments of introduction had already resumed her tapestry and in the pauses of the visitor's flippant conversation was pondering within herself which was the more offensive the supercilious silent self-concentrated english dandyism of leicester spalding or the vehement garrulous gorgeous impertinence of his brother between the dandy couchant and the dandy rampant she decided in favour of the former but winsome wynne who on continental principles gave the young lady leave to ponder as much as she pleased considering her silence and her tapestry frame a matter of course afforded no such leisure to mrs armytage the lady of holywell was quite personage enough to ensure his patronage a bore in all probability a woman of neither la premiere nor la seconde jeunesse but still a species of yorkshire notabilite a person to be noticed i have been congratulating my friend mrs armytage on her villeggiatura said he although he had never uttered a syllable to marian on the subject you have here a very pretty campagne a little wild perhaps but positively very pretty that is what i greatly approve in england your country houses do not pretend to le grand genre as in france where every chateau is built on the model of the tuileries and every garden grows as if planted by le nôtre here each small proprietor indulges his own taste his own whim and is contented mrs armytage little used to finding herself addressed with praise more applicable to the villa-loving haberdashers of fulham or mile end was too much astonished to reply but lord wyndham seldom needed a reply the fact is i so rarely visit yorkshire my progresses here are so few and far between and grâce à dieu fewer and further as i grow older and wiser that i am too apt to invest the country with more than its due share of gothicism a man scarcely ever contrives to forget the grievances of the boy the corvée of petticoat government and pedagogue government yorkshire is always spalding court barbarous spalding court to me and i dare say my friend armytage entertains just the same retrospective nausea towards the nursery discipline of holywell i remember we used to bless the regent and the shire of york together over our chateau margot at the rocher lord wyndham's rapidity of utterance and affectedly foreign accent prevented the whole of his tirade from reaching the comprehension of mrs armytage but she heard enough the county of york can dispense i fancy with the suffrage of my son said she sparta hath many a worthier son than he oh pardon me arthur is an excellent creature i have a great opinion of arthur i was saying the other night at the travellers that armytage was one of the best living creatures he has not done himself justice in town by living faux in that humdrum clique of rotherhams and gretas well introduced arthur might have taken a place in london instead of being lost among a drove of country squires bon seulement à mugir dans la chambre comme ces boeufs grasses and never heard of elsewhere 
but my friend arthur cares so little for appearance by the way how does he get rid of himself here he left us abri d'abattue comme un courrier de rothschild the other day in order to go and act le seigneur de village among his good and faithful tenantry did he play his part with discretion my dear mrs armytage and did the bayet harangue him ainsi qu'alexandre le grand a son entrée en babylone and his lordship proceeded to sing rather than to say the opening couplets of boieldieu's opera while arthur's mother unaccustomed to hear her daughter-in-law addressed as mrs armytage concluded that it was to her majestic self lord wyndham's term of endearment had been applied arthur is excessively fond of shooting said marian feeling that some sort of answer was indispensable i think i saw him crossing the park with the keepers after breakfast what sport on earth can the fellow find with the thermometer at eighty-eight degrees in the shade what does he shoot butterflies humble-bees rabbits i believe said marian well knowing that arthur made his gun a pretext for going out early and staying out late grouse shooting will begin shortly added sophia and then my brother will no longer want amusement grouse has he moors here at holly hill lucky dog while i in penance for my sins am obliged to forgo the pleasantest party in scotland to do the dutiful at spalding court i shall certainly come and désennuie myself a few days shooting with arthur my moors are preserved i allow them to be shot upon only every second year said mrs armytage calmly if they are small you are very right my dear madam cried lord wyndham d'ailleurs it is the privilege of all proprietors to regenter their little dominions i remember once when i was hunting at chantilly with the duc de bourbon poor old soul he had a haberot of a country neighbour who is there good hunting at spalding court interrupted marian with a deep blush dreading the anecdote and its implied application to mrs armytage excellent i believe but between my father's gout my absenteeism and the listlessness of my brothers the spalding hounds are chiefly kept for the amusement of the valet and the french cook all frenchmen you know martyrise themselves with the pretension of being fox-hunters do you remember my dear mrs armytage poor little montmorency coming back from melton last winter with his arm in a sling and swearing it was an affaire d'honneur do you mean the little duke who was always singing at lady arabella's exactly one of her thousand and one nights poor dear lady arabella what a good creature it is her face is her fortune like the laitiers in the song half the world swears that a woman with the physiognomy of a white negro cannot have been a femme galante while the other half protests that a woman who has had so many adorateurs cannot have been always ugly and so a quelque chose malheur est bon and she comes to pass for a beauty and a lucretia mrs armytage to whom the slightest tone of libertinism was an offence was now so greatly disgusted that an exclamation audibly contemptuous broke from her lips and reminded lord wyndham of her presence 
but amid all this bavardage cried he suddenly addressing her i forget half my errand here you behold in me my dear madam a herald the bearer of a flag of truce from the house of spalding the duchess who is really a very well-natured woman though i admit often tiresome enough is apprehensive that you do not intend to invite her to your ball and my sisters are au désespoir i should hardly presume replied mrs armytage with proud humility to invite to an entertainment given in honour of my son's return to parliament the family of the defeated candidate excellent excellent what a truly primitive and great british idea exclaimed lord wyndham caressing his moustaches and laughing heartily how deeply it would amaze my brother leicester to hear you he who i dare say totally forgets that he ever stood for thoroton or more likely still fancies he was returned leicester is the most insouciant of listless men i have never however perceived any indifference on the part of the duchess of spalding towards the electioneering interests of the family said mrs armytage dryly perhaps not while the excitement of the canvas lasted but in my mother's position excitements succeed each other so rapidly probably the very next week her feelings were just as much roused in trying to outbid the zoological society at some brute sale in the london docks for a tapir or a jerribo for the menagerie at spalding castle after all what signifies a seat in parliament to a fellow like leicester unless he could get a dispensation for his valet to frank for him and hold his proxy <laughs> for my friend armytage it might do something perhaps get him made a baronet a baronet arthur armytage of holywell whose grandfather had twice refused a peerage would it not be a considerable distance for the duchess to come to a ball inquired marian hoping to divert her mother-in-law's attention that is all arranged the worthy wemmersley people at whose house i slept last night and who seem to keep a sort of spalding arms whenever beds are in request have invited the family to make a convenience of them on this as on all other occasions the duchess was obliged to plead guilty of non-invitation but as the days of whig and tory praise to heaven are as obsolete as the times of guelph and ghibelline we trust my dear madam that you will ratify a general peace by enabling me to bear back a formal invitation if under such circumstances the duchess of spalding will condescend to visit me answered mrs armytage secretly pleased with the prospect of seeing her grace confounded among the crowd of thoroughtonians without having compromised her own dignity by an invitation i shall feel greatly honoured my diplomacy being ended then cried he rising to depart i have only to order my horse offer you my homage and make my way back to mrs wemmersley who is waiting to drive me home and complete her arrangements with the duchess what am i to say to my mother in answer to her invitation he inquired lowering his tone as he addressed marian that we will be with her on the tenth replied mrs arthur definitivement definitivement enchanted to be the bearer of such good news farewell au revoir at what o'clock on the fifth added he addressing mrs armytage as he passed her towards the door at any hour you please good morning 
and his lordship's parting bow was scarcely complete or the door closed after him before she ejaculated the most insupportable person i ever beheld in my life and as if her irritation had been too long repressed made her way straight through the folding windows and was soon seen at a distance pacing with rapid steps the shrubbery walk will it not seem rather ungracious my dear marian that you should go to spalding court so soon after excusing yourself to lady rotherham observed sophy when she found herself alone with her sister-in-law i dare say lady rotherham will never trouble her head on the subject she probably invited me only as a matter of ceremony in the due course of the country neighbourhood i think not i am sure she was sincerely anxious to make the acquaintance of my brother's wife the phrase was an unlucky one marian's sensibility was touched in a minute exactly those were the precise grounds on which i was to be admitted to greta castle but they were not the only ones that decided me to stay away lady rotherham is a very tiresome woman who can talk only of her own health and lady laura i consider very disagreeable so abrupt so examining so careless of giving pain in short i cannot endure a single member of the family i trust you will alter your opinion answered sophia mildly for as our old and intimate friends you are likely to see a great deal of the family i never shall like them retorted marian are you quite sure that you are not using shall in its irish sense do you not mean that you never will well then i never will cried marian with a degree of positiveness wholly foreign to her character and i shall make it a condition with arthur that he never forces me into their society do not be angry with me said she taking sophia's hand when she saw her sister-in-law vexed and surprised by this unusual display of petulance i cannot help it you know i have not tact enough to conceal my faults or my feelings End of volume 2, chapter 6